you're a woman in midlife whose intuition is telling you that giving booze the elbow might be the next right move, then Midlife AF is the podcast for you. Join counsellor, psychotherapist, this naked mind and grey area drinking alcohol coach Emma Gilmore for a weekly natter about parenting quirky teens, menopause, relationships and navigating this thing called midlife alcohol free. If you're feeling that life could be so much more, that you're sick and tired of doing all the things for everyone else, if your intuition is waving her arms manically at you saying, it could all be so much easier if we didn't have to keep drinking, come with me. Together we'll find our groove without booze. I lovingly acknowledge the Boonarung people of the Kulon Nation as the custodians of Kurt Barok. I share my admiration for the Aboriginal culture. I witness the connection that they have for each other and the land and their community. As I swim in the waters and walk on the land, I feel the power of this place. I'm grateful for the Aboriginal people's amazing custodianship, the power, beauty, and the healing potential of this place. I wish to pay special respects to the elders of the Boonarong people, Their wisdom, guidance and support are exceptional and felt well beyond the Aboriginal community. I honour that this is Aboriginal land and that it has never been ceded. I am committed to listening to the Aboriginal community and learning how I can be an active ally in their journey to justice. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you, my darling. This is making my day. Thank I've got you. the amazing Emma Walkinshaw. I'm going to hand over to her because I always end up talking way too much in these things. And Em is doing some so cool stuff right now. And I'm so excited to know her doing this amazing stuff because it's really important. We'll talk more about why. But I'm going to hand you over to Em. Em, if you, I know some of you people will already know you from my groups and from my podcast. But if you'd like to introduce yourself and talk a little bit about the direction that you're going on and this cool new project that you've got and everything. Thank you, Em. Always a pleasure. And yes, I I always enjoy our conversations online and offline. And over the past, well, I'm going to say it's nearly two years, you've been such a great support in so many ways. We're getting close to two years, yeah, which is Mm -hmm. such a, a blessing. So thank you, Em. So yes, my work is shifting somewhat, but no surprises in a way. So I am a transformational life coach and I have been since 2013. I owned a yoga studio, which I sold in March 2023. So that was almost a four-year journey of being a yoga studio owner. And my work has been a lot around helping women. And what I realized late last year was through my own experience of perimenopause to menopause, becoming much wiser. And I I don't want to say, well, I am going to say it, starting to reflect and have some regrets about my lack of acceptance around my body and even my decision to become a yoga teacher uh, in 2018 and the journey to get myself to allow myself the joy of being in a size 14 to 16 body, which you know, even when I say that, Emma, it's almost like saying I've got a bit of privilege here because that is a very mid-sized body. However, in the terrain of the Western world, a mid-sized body, size 14 to 16, was not overly accepted 
in my view, and particularly, you know, living on the Gold Coast as a yoga teacher body. Yes, got it. So, yeah, the journey of, of, and when I first started to study to be a yoga teacher, there was no intention to be a teacher at all. I thought because I was a life coach and I'd had this lots of experience with people, I knew that my life coaching was wonderful, but accompanied with yoga through my own yoga practice, getting into the body moves emotion. And also you have this beautiful practice of starting to appreciate your own body. So I started my yoga teacher training with no intention at all of becoming a yoga teacher. And thankfully, you know, through the grace of God or whatever you want to call it, my yoga teacher, Madonna, said to me, you're going to teach, aren't you? No, no. But the long and the short of it is, yes, I finished my yoga teaching training and the next week I started teaching for her. And her belief in me was so wonderful. And, yes, I I had a lovely yoga practice, but no stretch of the imagination was I pulling out handstands and, and, you know, acrobatic yoga. I was a classically trained yoga teacher and I just love the philosophy but mostly how it feels in the body. So through my own yoga journey, I have healed a lot of the non-body acceptance and now I'm still on a body acceptance journey and then through my program that I teach the Clarity Catalyst which is morphing into a body love um, abductation of that practice this is a, a lot of the tools that I share is really coming back home to that so hence Emma you are joining me on the body love revolution online summit which starts on the 15th of February. Very excited. So we've got four days, but we have Emma is one of our guests, but I have got 16 incredible women sharing about their tips and tools, techniques, their own body love journey, and really starting to question the beauty industry, the beauty standards, starting to question the toxic diet culture. And I believe we're actually moving at a wonderful rate through this, but still, and you know, I'm doing these interviews with everyone all week and and I'm realizing my own language and Mm. things that have been programmed in us that I'm only just becoming aware of. Language. Yeah. Oh, big one. Yeah. And just now this time of year, I say I'm a recovering yo-yo dieter. And it's been fascinating, you know, in my journaling this week, which is another big practice, as you know, and we both have a big, strong practice around journaling, that beautiful place where you self-reflect. And this time of year, we've just come off summer holidays. This is Mm. the first year I don't have a child going back to school. So my youngest graduated year before. So this is my, you know, year of no child in school. And even the process of that, and, and this is what come out in my journaling this week. This time of year, I start to feel myself getting a little on shaky ground around that drawing back to the diet culture, drawing back to new year, new you, looking around, hearing language. Uh, Many people in my life still, you know, I spoke to two people last week, I'm on the shred and clearly that that they've shredded, which I know that in six months time or four months time, that weight will be back on because Mm. that's because it's unsustainable and it doesn't work. And we'd Mm. be drastic we shred, mm. we be drastic, but mm. then the drastic because it's unsustainable. So, uh, you know, talking to people and then this pull of me wanting to come back and get on a diet. And I, and I got a little bit deeper in my journaling and going, but what I know better, what is that? 
And it mm. came back down to the start of the year. I don't have a child going back to school, so I'm not governed by uh uh, school terms, which I have been for 20 years, so I'm not governed yeah. by that, I start to feel a little bit out of control. It's like, come on, get some routine back. There's safety in a diet. There is. There is yeah. control in a diet. Correct. Correct. And the other piece, let's now whip your ass and punish you because yeah. you've had a little bit too much of a good time over Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of that swirling around. So the awareness has been really great for me to go, this again is this pull back to what I know program. I mean, I'm 48 on, I'll be 48 on Saturday, 48 on Saturday. This has been 35 oh, years of this. 100%. And mm. unlearning and unprogramming that is, yeah. takes a bit of, present a lot of presence and yeah. a lot of awareness yeah 100 mm. it's really interesting you say that em because i it, i reflect on two kind of celebrities who you know people commented a lot on their weight loss and i and i remember at the time writing one of them was chrissy swan she stopped drinking and she lost a lot of weight and she lost a lot of weight because she was walking every day and I remember commenting on a post and just saying, people were commenting all the way, you look so great. Oh, my goodness, you've lost so much weight. And it was like, this is literally the fact that Chrissy Swan has lost weight is the least interesting part of this story. Yeah. The fact that she has improved her mental health, that she is feeling so great about herself, that she's getting out in nature, this is the interesting part of the story. And it was the same when Denise DT decided to go on her ADHD meds. As soon as she went on her ADHD meds, all people could do was comment on the size of her body as if like her body was something for other mm -hmm. people to have an opinion on and for them to grade her in terms of what was acceptable and what was not acceptable, same thing. And I remember her, she saying the same thing. It's like, this is, this is not interesting. Why is everybody commenting on this? It is, and I, I, you know, even friends of mine who are pretty well evolved will say, oh, you look great. You look like you've lost a lot of weight. Yes. Beautiful, intelligent, woke human beings. You've lost a lot of weight. I'm yeah. like, number one, I haven't. But number two, why is that the compliment, you know? Yeah. Interesting. It is, and it's and it's undoing that. Even saying the word, even it, it's it's really being mindful of what we comment with friends and what we don't. Because yes, we do love to give comments, and we do need to acknowledge. But what what else can we be exactly. talking about? Exactly. What else can we be talking about? Yeah. You know, we could compliment the outfit. We could compliment, yeah. you know, like it, it, the creativity, whatever it might be. But it's well, your but it's eyes are sparkly. Look at your sparkle. Yeah. You look like you're full of energy. Yeah. Yeah. It but is. anything, I wonder if even commenting on people's body, it's like, oh, I like your dress or something like that. But yeah. it's nice to say things like that. But it's like, where does it start? Where does it stop? Yeah. And then I've noticed too people wanting to fall into the conversation around their bodies, wanting to fall into that conversation. And even when it came to, you know, I ran a couple of workshops around the word of the year mm -hmm. and also it was just interesting how some of the words were tied into 
bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that Especially the kind of being a little bit mean to ourselves. Don't they kind of pull yourself up. It's like discipline. Yeah, yeah discipline. Yep, whip yourself into shape. This yeah. is why we don't focus on this because yeah. you, need, you need to be pulled up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So the Body Love Revolution has got some other speakers, M, and we're and it's yes, body acceptance, but also the aging piece. Aging is great. Huge. Yeah, you know, growing grey and still stepping out into the world. So, Laurie May is speaking on the summit and about her journey of going grey and then her modelling career how that's taken. So that's even interesting. And she was saying the comments that she gets a lot, which we'll hear more in the summit is, are you very courageous to do that? Like it almost seems like quite a lot of courage to go grey. And she was talking to about, you know, the difference between how a man can go grey and we will say, oh, little silver fox, isn't he distinguished? A woman goes grey, we go, oh, she's let herself go. (laughs) It's, yeah, it is such a... You know, just that patterning, all that that programming that we've had for so many years, and we forget to we forget to challenge that. We we don't question it. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing that's been interesting in this Body Love Revolution Summit. Two Emmys questioning beauty standards that I've never questioned before. Mm-hmm. Things that I've just never questioned. Mm-hmm. I have just accepted and not questioned so that's been enlightening and like I said particularly around my language yeah I don't even realize the words and the language that I'm using that are, that's disempowering totally. but I've said it for so long so it's totally. yeah the mindfulness being really present it's been yeah, yeah, yeah. big it's so then, yeah. sorry go on no I was gonna say in terms, I know that you have done intuitive eating. So that's another counselling and your your uh, qualifications. That feels another really interesting topic for me that I still haven't got a grasp mm. on as well. Like I'm, I feel like body acceptance, body positivity, my yoga practice embodying that is one area that is a journey for me and, and I feel like I've made some really wonderful yes. progress and mindful. But the intuitive eating piece is another realm of this. And, and it's a great alternative to the, to well, it's not an alternative. That's the wrong language. It's not an alternative to diet culture. That's the wrong language. It is a, it is a shift in perception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wh- how would you describe it? So intuitive eating. Mm. Um, well, again, I went. I, I decided to study to become an intuitive eating counselor because of my own personal journey. And for me, I've along with everything, I, I always study what I actually want to learn how to do myself because <laughs> I think it's the best way to learn, right? And the reason I haven't actually really started practicing yet is because I'm still very much on my journey with it. Um, And the thing, I think the two principles of intuitive eating are that, you know, it's absolutely not a diet culture. So Mm -hmm. like it's, it's, it's actively anti-diet culture. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it separates itself slightly from mindful eating um, because it's less sort of, 
I'm going to sit and quietly observe and taste and be present to my eating, although it does incorporate that. But there is a lot of work. It's a sort of mixture between what they call gentle nutrition, which is sort of eating your basic food groups. But it's it really I mean, one of the exercises, it can be very confronting. And like you, Em, I've mm. I've gone back and forth with it. Like I started I was like, right, I started this journey for me probably about four years ago but at the same time as I stopped drinking I think I think I last diet I did my last diet in just after I stopped drinking and I did that for for a while and I lost a lot of weight it was really really thin um and then I decided that I had something in me knew it wasn't the right you know it wasn't didn't feel right it felt didn't feel didn't sit right with my feminist principles to be honest it felt mm. like I was doing it for somebody else and not doing it for me and it felt restrictive and it felt punishy and it felt it felt unlovey it didn't feel like I was being loving towards my body mm. um but there's a lot of different elements to it but one of the things is you know you have to first of all part of the process is you allow yourself everything yes and it's not about so for example if you've been restricting for years you might say okay I'm going to give myself complete unfettered access and one of the things that people find quite hard with intuitive eating is it's not about losing weight it's not so that's not what it's about so it doesn't have any losing weight as part of it you may you may not you know it's really about the biggest piece to it and the reason why I find it so connected with alcohol is the fundamental element to it is growing your introceptive awareness which Mm. is your understanding of how what's happening in your body and as you know so many of us women who have suppressed not only our emotions our experiences of life through whatever coping mechanisms we use but have starved ourselves and not allowed ourselves to eat when we're hungry to the point where our body it doesn't know anymore like it doesn't know when we're hungry it doesn't know when we're and especially for those of us who've had trauma who are neurodivergent you know we really have to build up those muscles again of learning you know what our body actually needs and what it wants and when it wants and it's almost like first of all you have to give it whatever it wants until Mm -hmm. it sick to the teeth of that and it doesn't think it's in restriction anymore because yeah. it's only you can still find like i still f- can find myself it's like oh you know i've got to be careful with the tim tams man mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. so those tim tams whereas in reality what needs to happen is i need to not be careful with the tim tams so i can get to a place where i don't need to worry about being careful with the tim tams because the only reason mm-hmm. you need to be careful with something is if you've restricted it so that you you want to just shove it in your face because you're you're in starvation mode and you know it's it's a restrictive thing you're never gonna you know, feel like it's never gonna you're never gonna have the opportunity again now that yeah. can take a couple of years to get through yes there's so much deep programming around you know good and bad foods you know what what when did we decide foods were good or bad it's like a morality and it's that's why it's very aligned to me with alcohol work because it's like people are like well if you drink your naughty and if you don't drink then you're good and the same with food people use the same analogies don't they oh I was very naughty my mum will say I had seven yeah. scones. I was on holiday 
now I'm going to be really good. I'm going to be really good. Yeah, I'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> or, or even, yeah. Oh, you know what I'm thinking of is, is I remember when I first moved out of home having dessert before dinner, like just having yeah. dessert. Whereas that was just, that is not done and no. feeling like such a rebel. Yeah. Going, I can have yeah. dessert anytime I want. And you know how your mum, you, you, tea would be cooking, you'd say to your mum, I'm hungry, and she'd say, have a piece of fruit or have a glass yeah, of water. Of have yeah. a piece of fruit or have a glass of water. And you're like, no, I'm hungry. And yeah. it's all, <laughs> and very well meaning. Yeah, of course. But not having to do that, going, well, yeah. no, it doesn't matter that to have what you want. Yes. Mm. Yeah, and so the principles for intuitive eating and number one is part of it is body acceptance and body, you know, if it's not love, it's body, you know, it's having respect and there is, you know, meditative practices that go with intuitive eating that are about sort of really just acknowledging what your body does for you every day and building that relationship with it as well as this sort of intuitive intuitivity because I find, I don't know if you, now I am intuitive in my eating, I will be really into something for a while and then I'll go completely off it. Yeah. Like I'll be really into eggs and then I'll be really into something else. Like I might be really into sauerkraut for a bit. Yes. But it's because my it's what my, my body's wanting to eat, the thing that it's craving for whatever reason, it might be craving sauerkraut. <laughs> but also if we think to that, you know, seasonal. Yeah. That's the, that's the way of the world. It's it's the seasonal if we can tune back into that. But because we can now get, you know, mangoes in July when they're really meant to be here in December, we've we've all of that's got all a bit off kilter. That's it. That's it. It's so interesting, isn't it? It's like mm-hmm. and that getting back to basics with our gut is really, really important, as we know, because of the gut brain piece. Yeah. Especially if we're taking medication, which a lot of us do, like it's really important that we keep our our gut. So a lot again, intuitive eating for, for neurodivergence, which you know, or women who've restrictively eaten, it might be actually. Do you know what? You're going to have a piece of cheese, a grape, and a cracker in the morning, even if you're not hungry, because you know then you've had some food and you're not going to suddenly get to that point where you're at starvation mode and you've forgotten to eat, and then you're like. I've got to stuff everything in that I can grab my hands on rather than just like, I'm just going to eat with no sense of urgency and no sense of desperation. It's like yeah. taking that. Or, or a, classic, a classic one, Em, you're picking a fight with someone, usually your significant other, and they're like, darling, are you hungry? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you just picked a fight. And you're like, something. Darling, are you hungry? Yeah, 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 yeah. This and even I think the other part with it that I love is as well is that it's okay to eat for emotional reasons. It's like I'm eating because I'm sad and I'm going to eat some ice cream, and it's like you're not making that bad. It's okay just to eat for taste. Like I really want to taste that. It looks Mm. delicious. Yeah, and instead of having all this like morality and sort of like oh no you shouldn't eat when you well it's another great it's a great coping mechanism not you're going to kill you to have um some ice cream when you're feeling a bit sad and but let's be intentional about it let's know what it is let's know why we're doing it yeah um and just build up that sort of gentleness with ourselves which is so much part of this age isn't it it's like we're at this age let's just be gentle with ourselves we don't need to be mean it's a great age. That's one thing, you know, if I look back at 
you know, how I was in the past, way mm. gentler. Mm. And and the self-talk is most definitely oh. softening. And, and you know, we, we hear a lot in this body acceptance, you know, you get to body neutrality, but I like what you said, body respect. Mm. You are neutrality, respect, whatever you want to call it, but taking that energy away when the, when the criticism comes in, try on a dress and you go, oh, I know that that did fit me this time last year. And now it's a little firmer, but that's okay. It's just my body. My body's in flux and flow. Yeah. It it's it's always moving. It's it does expand and it does contract and it will change again. Whereas before, you know, that could take me out for the whole day. Oh yeah. Yeah. I would be completely down for the whole day. And going shopping would be another major oh, yeah. concern why, you know, it, it either could start off bad or good. Yes. And yes. it'll be the first few things I tried on I and I found something great, we're okay. But if those mm. first few things were terrible, I mm. would want to go home. Mm. I'm done going home. Like yeah, I couldn't true. even handle it. So that's it, a nice thing. I think so. Mm. And I think as well for, you know, I hear it so much in our beautiful women in my world, you know, in the drinking, post-drinking world. And the next thing, usually we stop drinking and then we start going on, you know, how can I fix the rest of me? As if we're like this project to be fixed. And so many, there's so many things, what you were saying about aging, about what we make that mean about ourselves. And especially if we've come from this sort of perfectionist upbringing and often many of us have these being good girls, being acceptable, fitting in. You know, at the end of the day, I don't know about you, but for me, I look at my mum who was very much in diet culture and I was brought up very much in diet culture. She wasn't doing what she was doing because she was, you know, uninformed or she wanted to harm us or make us mm-hmm. worried about our weight. She was doing it because she was afraid, you know, she was afraid of how people in bigger bodies get treated by society. And so she kind of tried to instill her protect. It was almost a form of protection to a certain extent yeah. to have that in our words. And that's the other thing is like, you know, just being kind to our families and the upbringing and the culture that we've come from because it's evolving, right? It is evolving and being much softer and not having all of those rules. Mm. Thank goodness. And you're right, my mum was the same, but my mum purely did it to protect me. My mum would would throw money at anything that would help me be whatever size, yeah, Yeah. and, yeah, just to keep me safe, you know, whether it be, you know, pre-boarding meals, um, you know, exercise, whatever I needed because she just wanted me to be happy and well and not have that perceived battle where that is one thing I will say about the internet. Now, we can actually curate our feed. We can allow things into our feed. And I love to follow lots of beautiful women who are doing what they're, who are wonderful expressions in their own right in all different shapes and sizes. And I think that's the one thing about social media that we actually can choose what we let into our feed and, and and if we're not, you know, take your power back. <laughs> you don't you don't need to follow or watch or see yeah. those accounts if if it doesn't make you feel good. That's right. That's right. And I love what you're doing here with this um, body revolution summit 
you know, introducing us all to some of these really interesting women who've got really exciting stories. They've got really, you know, sad stories as well and interesting stories and tips on how to, you know, how they work with their own um, self-image. And some of the humans that you've introduced to me through your work, I've started following and it's so refreshing. It's like, ah, how lovely is that? And you just think, oh, there's people like me on the yeah. internet. <laughs> <laughs> I found my peoples. Yeah. And you know, just the truth is we all have a body story. Right. We do. We all have a body story. And yeah. I remember even chatting to a friend not so long ago and she was saying to me how, and she's very in a smaller statue, a slender mm. body quite naturally, mm. and her saying, you know, it's in equal measure how you felt about being, you know, my perceived bigger and 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 curvy, yeah. and she thinking she's got no curve, and it's it's this whole dance around this because we have grown up in seventies, eighties, even early nineties, seeing only one beauty standard, right. yeah. Which thankfully, I believe our children are all now seeing a lot more, yeah, a lot yeah. more diversity around that. Thank goodness. Yes, yes. And they call me out, you know, often I'll think I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty PC on a lot of it, but yeah. they're like, no, mum, you can't say that. That's not okay. And I'm like, okay, well, thank you. That's great. I didn't even think of that. You know? Yeah. They always want something. Yeah. <laughs> They do. They're on to us. That's me too. Yeah, I, I'm definitely learning and growing with this whole online summit. And I spoke to, I'm sure you have met Sonia, who is through Heb. She's a yeah. stylist. And she said today, and, and I'd never looked at it this way, she was talking about styling and saying it's bringing on the inside out. So when yeah. you have styling and you dress in certain clothes, the way you express yourself, and I, I think often over the years how many times I've not worn something because I've thought, oh, don't be too loud yeah. or bright or, or you know, that's really not appropriate. And not that it was anything that was, no. but just checking in. And it's almost a bit like that intuitive eating principle. Wear whatever you want. Go up yeah. the shops in the pink tutu if you want <laughs> until you kind of let all that out and then go, no, it's okay for me to be expressed. Yeah. It's okay to express. And that's that part of when you're in a body. I remember for a lot of years I just wore black. Yeah. Because what were, what were we told, Em? What were we told about yeah, black? Slimming. 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 So don't wear anything else but black. Yeah, that's right. For years I wore black yeah. because of that. And I'd yeah. walk in and, and I'd see something and go, have you got it in black? Mm. Mm. See, now I hardly ever wear black. No, you wear beautiful mm. colours. And your colours mm. shout your personality. It's like... It's soft, it's beautiful, it's colourful, it's flowy. It's To me, that's Emma. She's like the gorgeous, soft, gentle, wise, floaty soul. And that is, and that's how she, she dresses. It's lovely. It's like yeah. a, a form of expression, isn't it? Yeah, it's that outside in. So it's even undoing all of those things that you don't even realise you're doing, asking for things in black or navy blue because it's, you know, I used to always be navy blue. Yeah, that was me. How many of us in our, you know, seventies, eighties, nineties would have yeah. done that? Yeah, so many yeah. of us because yeah. we heard that. Yeah, is it even true? 
I don't know. <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like madness to me. <laughs> now that you're you saying like morning. <laughs> now that I'm saying it out loud, is it even true? Oh, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't think so. It's I another think- way, though, for me, from a feminist perspective, it's like, we're trying to make ourselves smaller, not take up space. Be little. Don't, you know. Blend like, in. Yeah, blend, blend in. in. Don't create a first. Oh, don't get old. People will judge you. You know, oh, don't get, you know, don't put on weight or don't be, you know, don't be uh, like everybody else. Just don't, you know, you really. And that's the same with drinking. So many people, reason people, this is why there's so much connection between it all. Because the reason people don't stop drinking is because they don't want to be singled out as being different to everybody else. Even though they might not like it, it might they might be over it. But they don't want to stand out. They want to cause a fuss. I don't want to cause yeah. a fuss. Don't want to cause a fuss. I and I want to make a big deal about it. Yeah. And I want then, to make attention to me, you know? And also, if someone offers you a drink, it's it's polite oh, to say make them feel uncomfortable. Don't make them feel uncomfortable. Don't make them feel uncomfortable by saying, Oh, actually, no, thank you. I'd rather, oh, well, why aren't you drinking? Well, why? Are you driving? Yeah. 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 I did a post recently about giving people wine, and I was saying, you know, you don't know what's going on with a person. So maybe if you the opportunity to buy something else for somebody for a present, that might be. And people went crazy about it. They're like, what do you mean? But I've known so many clients who can't say no because they're too lovely. And so they end up with a bottle of wine in their house that they didn't want. And then they're in their early stages of trying not to drink. And then all of a sudden they've poured themselves a great big wine because it was there and they couldn't say no it's no reflection on them it's like society isn't it it's that it for women to you know take up space to ask for what we need to put ourselves before it's a bit that's big brave stuff same Mm. with same with having the conversations that your summit is you know it's big brave stuff we're coming out saying no you know we're going to have a different conversation now yeah we're going to bring this to light and a lot of the stuff is in our own minds but we've never actually got it I just recorded a podcast earlier a solo podcast and I was talking about the impact my lack of body acceptance how it's impacted my relationship and I have an incredibly beautiful husband and I am so grateful how gracious he is and how patient he has been with yeah. me over the years yeah. you know I can count on oh I can't even count on my hands how many time and we've been walking along the beach and I've said to him am I bigger or smaller than her and he'll go who and I said hey. and I think, you know who I'm talking about I go I actually don't and I'll say to him that woman yeah. there in the whatever, and he'll go, oh, really? Are we playing this game? I don't want to play this game. Yeah. I said, tell me. And, you know, he will never tell me because the truth is, Em, he wouldn't get it right. If he no, told me I was bigger than her, if he said I was he was never, so he's a very smart man, really. But I would want to do that. And he'd go, really? Like, we're right here right now. And I would allow this to steal me from the present moment. Here we are on the beach having a beautiful time connecting as a as a husband and a wife. And here I am doing the comparison thing and then wanting him to get him to validate me in a very unhealthy way, unhelpful yeah. way. And yeah. thankfully, he's very sweet and very gorgeous and always has been. I think, gosh, you need a medal sometimes, man. The amount of times <laughs> I have picked a fight or whatever I've done 
because I'm feeling such agitation in myself because I haven't mm. been able to reconcile this part of me. Mm. And and I think, gosh, you know, that could that could have affected my relationship. Thankfully, he's such a good man. Absolutely. Because I've poked and prodded so many times yeah. and I feel like, you know, there's been a lot of that comparison thing and then, you know, thinking about affecting relationships how many times I would be invited to a social event and the first thing I think, it's not, oh, who's going to be there? How wonderful. <gasps> what am I going to wear? Yeah. And then yeah. potentially going through my mind, can I attend that event if i got something to wear? Mm. And, again, missing out on relationships, mm. missing out on connection, missing out on the time of your life because I'm too concerned about that. And, you know, you said to me the other day, and it was absolutely brilliant, and when you, I, I actually want you to say, well, do I need to remind you or do you want me to say it? You're going to go, what did I say? When, when you said I was thinking about my friends, if I'm in a larger body or they're in a larger yes. body. Yes, yes, yes. Do, do I want me to say Yes, tell, tell me. Tell that story. Yes. So basically this was, this was probably my biggest aha moment. And again, like I said to Emma, I've been doing this work for a really long time on myself and I get pulled back into, I, I, I very often still get pulled back into diet culture. I'm like, oh, I should really, I know, maybe I should just, maybe this whole intuitive eating thing's just not for me. No. Yeah. <laughs> but you know is when your brain's got, your body's going, I'm about to change. We're really starting to make some changes now. So we're just going to come in and like really try and pull you right back to where you were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But oh, I remember, I and I was saying to him because my, my swimming's been such a a wonderful thing for me. The sort of swimming group that I'm part of, it's a group of women, sort of probably hundred more than a hundred groups, a bit you know, all different sizes, all different shapes. Started in COVID, and that's been a real leveler, you know, knowing that you know you get out, get out of the water and everyone's there, and you're in your daggy swimming costumes. It doesn't matter because you've had the most brilliant chat and you've been in nature. It's been stunning. No one cares. But I was I was saying to him, I remember and this was such a big aha moment for me walking out of the sea and seeing these two women, probably about my age, maybe a little bit younger, looking and they looked wonderful. They were like those sort of like you know what you'd see in the swimming costume ads. And I remember just thinking, and I'd had this beautiful, I'd watched the sunrise and I'd been swimming, it was amazing. All of a sudden I was like, oh, God, if only I could look like that. You know, everything would be, I'd be just, would be so, everything would be fine if I could just look like that. And then I was like, so how many people do you know, Em, and this is me having a little chat to myself, how many people do you know, Em, who are in a bigger body, like a, you know, a larger body than a, rather than a slimmer body? She was like, well, probably quarter maybe a third of the humans that I know at least and I was like do you like them any more or any less than the humans that you know who are in a smaller frame and I was like oh, I, I couldn't give a shit <laughs> what's body that got and then I was like so what am I doing? You know, what the what the hell? And sometimes I still have to bring myself, bring myself in a little bit because it will start. I mean, like, oh, I'm or I catch myself in a photo, I'll be like, oh, 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 and I have to bring it back because we're learning, aren't we? We're learning to do this. Mm -hmm. I just remember that feeling of like, God, would you, I love anybody any less because they're in a bigger or a smaller body? No. So why am I being such an asshole <laughs> to myself? You know. Why am I doing that? No one cares. No one else cares less. 
my husband can get us. My kids love my rubbly, rubbly bits. You know, they love that. They love a good squidge. My my granny growing up was in a bigger body, and I had another granny who was slimmer. And do you know what? The and, and, sorry, slightly skinny, skinny granny, but the cuddles from the my granny who was in a slightly more rounded body was so delicious. Yeah. And I don't want to be a person that my grandchildren are like, or she, I want to be the delicious, cuddly person for them, you know, and just not mm. too worried about that stuff. It's such a, it takes away from our, it makes me sad. Does it not make you sad? It makes me it makes sad. Me very sad. How much I've just dissed myself when, like you say, Em, we don't, those people in larger body, smaller body, and you don't even give it a second thought. When it's someone <laughs> you love and adore, a friend, a family member, it's just not even a thing. It's not even there. No. So it's all internal. It's it is. all internal. And then obviously there is a lot of fat phobia. Let's not lie. There is a lot of yeah. fat phobia out there. Yeah. And even people who I love and generally would consider to be fairly progressive people can be you know have a lot of their own you know and I say this in the nicest way and I'll talk about this more um in the summit but so many of us and it's similar with drinking we don't we don't even realize that we're carrying this internalized fat phobia we don't it's like you were saying Mm -hmm. we suddenly like oh I said that I didn't realize that that was a that that might cause somebody a little bit of pain I hadn't even thought about that you know yeah Mm. I've done that quite a few times in this summit and yes. thankfully I've had some, you know, tremendous people who have been very gracious. You know, I had a, an earlier conversation today and she just brought something to my attention but very so grateful for it. And that's it gets it. you thinking. That's it because we're learning. We're all learning. We're never going to get it right. But that never. shouldn't stop us, right? That's right. We're still able to talk about it and bring it out in the open because then it's it's halved and it's dissolved and it's talked about instead of, you know, the old Emma just torturing myself and then picking a fight and, and, and it coming out in all the wrong ways. Yeah. I just, I mean, just the very idea of starving ourselves, you know, it's like what the hell is going on in this world where that would be? you know, what we're encouraged to do. You'd never be too thin or too rich, right? That's the saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when, we're, when we're all, when you know, when we're hungry, we're all just a pack of crazy cats running around on living on the edge because we're hungry, which it's makes you crazy. It does. It makes you crazy. Yeah, it does. Oh, um, I'm so pleased you're doing this. I was, you know, when I started seeing you heading, I mean, you've always been, we've always talked about these kind of things, you and me, but, you know, to see you and your work evolve into this because having been to your, and, you know, I love your your yoga, I love your meditation, I love your journaling, um, and I've seen you present your... um, What's what's the what was the program the catalyst? Yes, yeah, yeah. The I've seen you present that. I know the value that it brings, and I know what an amazing coach you are and gentle soul. But to have someone as wonderful as you 
leading this for us and there's so many other wonderful humans doing the same but just in our small social group we've got emma and she's giving us all a place to kind of it's almost like a it's like a women's circle yeah. do you know what i mean it's like we get to come and share our shit and everybody else mm. is going to be like oh it's not just me yeah it's not just me mm. that's so empowering and- and it's an a and it's and it's a cross age. You know, I work with my EA is twenty three. Yeah, and she of course hears my podcasts and yeah. and she, you know here I am forty eight. She's twenty three, and she goes, oh, I do that. I understand yeah. that. Yeah. And it just goes to show that it's still happening it across the age. But if only we had have heard that at twenty three. Yeah, I know. Wouldn't that have helped? Yeah, I know. So it's wonderful to, you know, this is a thing, it's keep speaking and keep, and, and like we say, Em, I potentially am going to trip up. I potentially am going to say something that was not the best choice to express it. And please forgive me, I'm learning to, you know, isn't that right, Em? Like you eloquently said, we are learning. And, and that's the bit, just giving us the grace and the space to, I potentially am going to trip up. We're all going to trip up, but it doesn't mean it stops us. We just keep no. going. And it needs to happen. You know, our babies, I'm going to get emotional, I'm very emotional, but our babies, we don't want our babies' lives to be taken up and their babies' lives to be taken up with this bullshit that just does nothing. You know, it just takes away from our precious little souls and our everything that we have to give to the world. We're yeah. spending our time worrying about, you know, whether or not we're going to eat a peach, just like for goodness sake. Yes. <laughs> yes. These ridiculous, yeah, these ridiculous rules that we've put in place or wherever we've gathered that, that exactly right. It takes yeah. our way from our preciousness, from being present, from being creative, from connecting because we're in this little loop cycle yeah. Of, and and I love how you also say him about even when you stopped drinking, how that took so much of your decision away. I remember you sharing yeah. and saying, you know, you thinking about drinking, how much energy would go into that. Am I going to drink tonight, tomorrow night? And if I drink and and all of that, and yes. then you drink and then you feel, you know, that whole yes. that but different. It's same it's but different. Yeah. It is. It's it's there's so many similarities to it. Yeah. And again, you know, a lot of things like restrictive eating, binge eating, um, these are all coping mechanisms. Yes. It's just our precious little souls. There's nothing, you know, we're just trying to find a way to manage the world that we live in and our experience of it. And the more that we can, because it's like we're trying to control everything because we're we're so afraid that someone's going to judge us or they're going to, or just everything feels out of control and we have no control or, you know, all the different reasons why we might be feeling very emotionally upset or especially when you're young and you don't have that much power, right? Like there's other people have so much more power than you feel like you do. And uh, it's just the idea that it could be a little bit less for our, mm-hmm. I'm because I'm so silly at the moment. You're not <laughs> Or, you know? Yeah, for our children. Yeah, that's our exactly. Children right. Our children's children and their friends, and yeah. yeah, it's just such a waste. It is. 
more don't mean to be depressing about it because it's not depressing it's also no. joyful that we're doing it right you're doing it so freeing like i would say am i'm feeling so much more free i'm feeling really free in my swimmers i'm loving that I no, loved I'm... your picture of you coming up on the beach. It was so beautiful. And I'm the same. I went down in my bikini the other day. I've never done that. I was like, look at me. I don't give a shit. I've got, this was the easiest thing I had to hand. Everything else is wet. This is what we're wearing. No, nobody, nobody cares at all. No one cares. No, like literally no one cares. That's me. Yes, I'm just going, yeah, loud and proud in my togs. And, again, it's back to that illusion in that we don't see and this is all of that. I, I think this is absolutely everybody. We actually don't see ourselves. Our eyes don't see what others see in us. And exactly your example of our friends in whatever body, we love them no matter what. Yeah. yeah. It's just a body. It's just a body. It's just a body. Yeah. It's just a body. I'm so excited. I'm so excited about the summit. I can't wait. I'm going to put as many things out about it as I can so people can join it. And Em, you'll um, you'll make sure that you put. Um, so for for me, it's like people who are watching this. Where do they go and find? Yes. So is... I know for me, I put it in my link link tree. But what about for you? So following you on Instagram, and it's Emma underscore Walkinshaw, just my name, and yes. Instagram, and same thing. And mine's in my, you know, your bio at the top, your link in yes. bio. If you click that, you'll be able to go. And the summit is free, 15 incredible speakers. Emma is one of our speakers, 15 incredible speakers, and it's free. So come along. There is there is a VIP pass if you want to buy the, and then you'll have 12 months access and you don't have yeah. to wait for them to be released. Otherwise, yeah. it's free. Come and listen to all these speakers on all different topics, but all related to body love, body acceptance. There's some wonderful tips and tools and a lot of sharing and that beautiful, you know, coming to that place and understanding we're all in this together. That's it. That's it. It's time to be so similar, right? We're so similar. We are. Thank you, my treasure, and thank you for asking me. You're so delightful. I was like, oh, so cool thank you so much i'm very excited and i can't wait to listen to all the other women as well i think that's going to be like for me on walks the whole time so what's the dates again em so it will be released so everyone can go register now yeah i'll have your email address and then during the 12th and the 15th of february there will be three um videos dropped a day a day so early morning mid and the evening Amazing. And I know that's a lot to watch in those four days, but then you'll have the weekend to watch them and then part of the next week. And then if you want to buy the VIP and have access for 12 months, you will. Amazing. Clever so thing. Good. Thank you, Em. Thank you, you beautiful Emma. I adore you, my love. Thank you, dear friend. And we will talk soon. Talk very soon. And look, we did this on StreamYard and we're on Facebook and Instagram. My goodness me. What it's intrepid explorers we are. <laughs> Thank you, Em. Thanks, everybody. Okay, gorgeous. Take care. Lots of love. Oh, my goodness, guys. I wanted to just quickly interrupt and just let you guys know that I've got my five-day virtual retreat running this February the 19th of February to the 23rd. I think it's 23rd. Yeah. 7 p.m. every evening, Melbourne, Sydney time on Zoom. It is going to be phenomenal. I ran it for the first time as a five-day program before Christmas in the lead-up to 
Um, my great Aussie alcohol experiment <clears throat> in, it was in September. Um, and it was an absolute corker. Everyone loved it. Totally new material, really, really focused on my particular way of coaching, which is sort of a, a mixture of all the different things I've learned from being a counselor and psychotherapist to working with Gebel Marte, to working with Annie Grace, to working with uh, Jolene Park on grey area drinking, so this naked mind as well. Um, and, you know, all the other different teachers that I've had over the years, and I've amalgamated to come up with what I believe the absolute essential to changing your relationship with alcohol is. Um, it's quite different from what a lot of people talk about. It's not about pushing. It's not about restricting. It's not about working really hard. It's about loving. It's about leaning in. It's about challenging everything that you learn to believe is what changing a relationship with alcohol is about. It's about changing all of your beliefs around alcohol so that you no longer feel that alcohol is something you need in order to celebrate um to commiserate to relax um it's real so it's changing your liminal thinking it's learning how to be with ourselves and our bodies in our distress and there's really practical examples of that i'll have workbooks that you can download i'll have audio files that you can listen to in your own time so We'll go through, we'll do some inner child work. It's going to be really interactive. It's going to basically teach you all of the different things that I use to stop drinking and I work with on, with my clients on a daily basis. It's a really intense, great five days. It will be an hour session each time. And there will be, um, like I said, there'll be workbooks and there'll be tools and things that you can use um, for setting yourself up for success with wherever you want to be with your relationship with alcohol. Um, it's really, really different what I teach. I have developed my own method from all of the different um, teachers that I've had. Um, and it's very, very successful. And it's also really, really, really good fun to do. Um, and I was talking recently to some of my clients and we were talking about what are the amazing things about living a life that you're not controlled by alcohol, where you can just take or leave alcohol. And that's exactly what I'm going to be teaching over this five days and and the things that we talked about were silly little things it's things like you know being able to go and pick up your kids from their mackers shift at 10 o'clock on a saturday night um waking up in the morning and not being an arsehole to yourself um what's another one i can't what do my clients said to read this evening oh getting up in the morning on a saturday morning and driving to park run and not having to worry if you were over the limits um, and then one another one that was coming up for us was um, things like going to the cinema and just the amount of bandwidth that gets taken up by drinking. You know, uh, so we were talking in our group about drinking and how you know if you drank at the cinema, which used to well, I used to really enjoy, and I even drank at things like um, I would have a, a nice bottle of um, fizzy wine <laughs> when the when the kids went to see The Greatest Showman. Um, I remember one time being mortified because I was watching something quite serious with my mum and I'd had one of those little piccolos of champagne. It wasn't enough to get me to the movie. I had to get up and get another one. And we were talking about how, you know, once then when you're drinking and you're out, you, you've got to then plan your sort of how, how do I get there and get home without driving because you're having to get Ubers. And, and, then, and, just, and then just the amount of brain space that gets taken up by alcohol and 
just talking about how you know this isn't what we were put on this life on this earth to be about we weren't put on this earth to have be mean to ourselves every day to not be able to be proud of of ourselves and capable enough to pick our children up when they need picking up we weren't put on this earth to regret our behavior we weren't put on this earth to have our brains filled with different ways that we can get to uh to do things that involve alcohol as opposed to just like living our lives <laughs> so if any of you if that resonates with any of you if that's something you would like i highly recommend it's 50 bucks it's 47 bucks um and it's a really really great program and i think if you are going to change your relationship with alcohol you have to start by investing in something to help you so a community to program and then you also have to invest in yourself. You have to invest some time. You're like, I want to change this. It's causing me problems. I'm not enjoying it. It's not making me happy. It's making me sad. I'm going to do something about it. And then you've got to put in heart, you know, an hour a day for five days and, you know, bloody show up and do the work. And, and, and you will be amazed at the transformation. And you'll be there soon, you know, picking your kids up from the gym at nine o'clock on a Saturday night like my clients do. <laughs> going to the cinema and rejoicing in the fact that you don't have to drink and realizing that you don't need alcohol to um, enjoy yourself and you know that you can actually literally just take it or leave alcohol and most of the time you will choose to leave it because it's absolutely nothing to offer you so if you want to live that kind of free life I encourage you highly to join my five days to freedom virtual retreat I'll see you there 19th of Feb 7 p.m and the link to join which I highly advise you to do is in the show notes. All right, my darlings, take care. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Midlife AF with Emma Gilmore. If you enjoyed it, please share on Instagram for your friends and tag me at Hope Rising Coaching. If you want to help me grow the podcast, please review the episodes for me on Apple Podcasts. That really helps. If you would like to work further with me, please go to my website, www.hoperisingcoaching.com for my free and paid programs or email me at emma at hoperisingcoaching.com. Sending a massive cuddle to you and yours from me and mine. And remember to keep choosing you.